Vasily Petrenko. Let's talk about the orchestra. I, I know you're particularly proud of the work you've done with the string section, particularly with regard to Russian repertoire. Can you talk about that a little? Because it's a very specific sound. I think the secret of the Russian orchestras, at least in the golden time of Soviet Union, has been that uh, the music schools and conservatoires, they produced soloists. So everyone who studied in conservatoire pretends to be soloists, especially the string players. And of course very few of them have been a soloist. Most of them have been then later sitting in the orchestra. So basically the best orchestras of the country consist of the soloists, mm. which gives first of all the huge technical abilities, of course. Secondary, it gives the richness of the sound, because everyone feels like a soloist. There are also negative sides, because it's very difficult to get all the soloists together. <laughs> everyone has his or her own opinion about how to play the certain passage, and how to unify that all. It's another story, that's the dark side of the moon. Now, you are in the process of recording all the Shostakovich symphonies, which is a huge project. Um, what's been your relationship with the symphonies, and why do you think they are such an important and unique achievement for our times? Well, I think that, first of all, they've been in my life since I remember me. <laughs> they've been played in St. Petersburg and regularly, and every year. Even funny enough, they still being appreciated, most of them, as a contemporary music in Russia. And of course the top hits like the 5th, 7th, 8th or 10th, they are well received and well attended. But when you put something less usual like 12 or 11 or 4... Really? In Russia? Yeah. Uh, my scary audience a little what? bit. So I can remember his music since the very beginning and to be honest, it's the spirit of Leningrad. It's true spirit of Leningrad. But it's also a chronicle, isn't it, of Soviet life? That that extraordinary... If talking about the historical context, I'm staying actually on a position about a bit more broad picture about his symphonies. Because usually on the West is a lot of attention to the political side of, of it. While in Soviet Union and in Russia, it's been absolutely opposite. The most attention has been about structural side and about the musical side, neglecting the political because it's been not allowed for many, many years. I think, first of all, it's a picture of his life. The whole cycle, in my point of view, is a huge biopic about the life of an artist in the 20th century under the Soviet Union regime. And not only reflecting the political side or historical side, reflecting his own life as well. Family life, um, relations with other composers, relations with the music society, his relations with some great musicians like Slava Rostropovich, for instance. It's a history of the life of an artist. The Seventh Symphony, Leningrad, um, I, I think this is one of the real masterpieces. For, for years it was denigrated, mainly because of this controversial first movement, um, uh, which 
hammers you into submission with this rather trite tune. But it really made the composer's name throughout the, the Allied world within months, didn't it? I mean, Toscanini took it up and, and so on and so forth. Um, but although it was inspired by the siege of Leningrad, um, which Shostakovich himself was caught up in, people have said that there is another text involved here, and this was that he was aware that the one kind of oppression, i.e. the Nazis, was being replaced by another Stalin. I would say that's uh, about the evil anti-humanistic power which appears in the first movement. It could be either Nazis or the Stalin's regime. Hmm. Even nowadays it can be whatever. You can see plenty of examples in the modern world about the simple destructive minds, terrorism nowadays. Uh, destruction about destruction. Destruction without any idea. Uh, not without any idea, without any humanistic idea. Yeah. So uh, that's that's what it is about, I think. And, and it, it, it's, it's characterised by this toe-tapping little tune which starts off being very innocuous and turns into a monster um, through, what is it, 12 repetitions, differently scored, it builds? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of, you know, where, where it's linked? Ravel, Bolero. This huge burst, and for Shostakovich, of course, it's been very personal. He stayed in Leningrad as long as he can do. He'd been guarding the roofs by himself from the fugaces, from the, the firing bombs. And he himself, he actually put three or four bombs into the big kind of water just to turn them down. Mm. And he has seen, and it's been enormously tragic story. Tragic from the very beginning, from both sides. There have been uh, this huge food supplies in Badaev warehouses, yeah. which has been destroyed in the first moment. And why it's been destroyed? Because, of course, because of the Nazis who bombed it. But also because there have been quite a lot of people in Leningrad who have been interested in this artificial deficit of the food because they could make a fortune and Zdanov himself, the, uh, the guy who had been responsible for the Leningrad, who had been mayor of the city, kind of mayor of the city by that time he he had a huge belly so in fact there have been thousands of people dying on the streets and everywhere hmm. but the party bosses and the people who have been in power they've been eating 
als mm. Peaks. It was very risky, wasn't it, characterizing this inhuman force in the way he did, because, as I've said, for some years people didn't take it seriously. They thought it sounded a bit of a joke, really, and Bartok even parodied it in yeah. his concerto for orchestra, uh, in that interrupted intermezzo. Um, how do you make this great juggernaut of a war machine, how do you make it work in performance? You need to calculate it. You just need to calculate exactly uh, the amount of crescendo which you can spend in every single moment. It's extremely slow crescendo and it's very slow acceleration and you need to know exact force when, when to involve. You end up with three side drums and... Uh, you end up with everyone. Everyone. And, uh, and the roof, roof shaking yes. usually. <laughs> but that's what, what it is. Uh, there are though things of extraordinary beauty in this piece. Um, not just the latter part of that first movement, but the inner movements, I oh, think, are, great. I mean, that um, very individual as well. Um, that that uh, the scherzo, the Marlerian trio of the scherzo with bass clarinet and, and that very Stravinsky and chorale in the slow movement. Um, just reflect on those middle movements a little bit and what, what's special about them to you. Well, I think what's special in the whole symphony construction is that there, uh, you immediately can see the huge contrast between this anti-humanistic power, in the, mainly in the outside movements, and the pure human beauty and pure beauty of the human spirit in the inner movements. Especially in a slow moment when you can when you can see this heroic act of the people. The Germans, I mean the Nazis, they came very quickly to the borders of the Leningrad. And it's a, f 
it's a very very common commentary that uh, Hitler itself he already they already produced an invitations to the banquet mm. into the middle of St. Petersburg Leningrad by then in Astoria restaurant for the celebration of the victory in about two weeks mm. and by then it's been there are tram link which leads from the center of the city right to the one of the suburbs and this is a tram link there have been a moment when not the middle but the part of this tram link been already occupied by Germans and because they couldn't turn around unless they reached the final destination there have been announcement in both languages that ladies and gentlemen please we getting close to the position of the enemies. Please leave the truck. Mm. When they left the truck, the truck goes through. Nobody shoot on it. Came to the position of the Germans. There have been the soldiers from that side who used it to go to their suppliers and then go back. And then it's once again it's been emptied by them. Mm. Mm. St. Petersburg, Leningrad is absolutely flat place. So just south of the city, there are little hills, literally, you know, probably 40 meters height. But of course, with artillery, that's the only point where you can keep kind of control about surrounding territory. And that's a place where there's been a lot of artillery. But even though they knew that they've been run out of the patrons ran out of the guns of everything, so they protect us. And in the morning, it's been I think November, they in a in kind of folk, they've been hearing the sound of German tanks. And then been expecting if the tanks would go to the city, it would be immediately German city. So it's just I think it could could be taken over in about two days, mm. simply because there would be not enough weapon in the city itself. But the tanks, in fact, they've been turning around and going to the Moscow direction. Because I think Hitler also found this enormous resistance and he decided that it's better to keep it besieged and just let the people die itself rather than bring the German soldiers there and then it will be street fight which will cause a lot There have been, of course, plenty of bad things. You know, cannibalism been hugely. It was a, it was a, a horrific. The people, event, the people it? who survived it, who hasn't been evacuated, uh, they have kind of stamp on them. I met my grandmother who survived it, and uh, 
they never can forget it from one point of view. From another side, they never telling anything about it because I think they've seen so much that the, the memories just, are too painful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but of course, the people spirit did prevail, and uh, at the end of the symphony, I think um, when that opening theme kind of the people's theme returns in Trump. It's an extraordinary it's moment. It's about victory. Even for people who don't know, like myself, who's again an outsider, uh, it, it's, it's the victory of human spirit, and it, it really comes from somewhere deep inside. It's not just bombast in the way that the piece was first in. It's a victory of the human spirit, and it's been a victory of the human spirit even in a performance, because the orchestra who did perform it in Leningrad that's been an orchestra, they've been performed it in, in the circumstances without any heating, in mm. almost zero temperature. The people who hasn't been eaten for days, they did rehearsals, they did perform this piece, and it's been a sign that uh, we're still alive, we're still fighting. We would never, never ever let us down.